welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is number 84, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony, as per usual, with my sidekick, Cooper, sitting here watching me as well. Um, today's episode is a little bit different. As I have been saying, if you've been listening, I am trying to balance between hearing people's business stories, but then also picking a specific topic to dive deeper into to provide more tactical value as opposed to just listening to everyone's stories, which I absolutely love, but I also feel that people need to walk away with some tangible information and maybe a little bit more specific on a topic that you are interested in. So today's topic is on influencer marketing. I feel like I have, I started a conversation about it a couple weeks ago on my Instagram, just talking about a brand that sent me a package that I wasn't expecting with a full experience and wasn't expecting anything in return. And that has turned into um, a talk that I am going to give on influencer etiquette. And it has kind of just spiraled into more content talking about influencer marketing because I feel like everyone now understands what influencers are, but not necessarily what the marketing business side of it is. I forget that I might be in a little bit of a bubble of people that are a part of this world and do know what is happening, but for the rest of the world, especially small business owners that maybe don't have a big Instagram account or haven't been using social media or don't have kids to explain to them what's happening. Um, I feel like the more conversations we have about it, the more we can all learn from each other. Everyone's learning. There's no fault here for most people. However, I think to continue to evolve the space and make it a better industry, there needs to be more conversation about it and just some best practices maybe that need to be laid out. And obviously this is all from my experience and opinion and that's just how I feel about it. So feel free to disagree or ask questions about it, but that's how I feel. So today I am bringing on Brittany, who is another local influencer in Calgary. We met at um, a brand meetup a couple weeks ago, but I'd been following her before. We were doing some of the same campaigns in Calgary. There's not a huge influencer group, so you end up doing a lot of the same campaigns. And at the meetup, we just started talking about one of the campaigns we just did and the pros and cons of it. And we kind of just snowballed into how we feel about influencer marketing in general. And so I thought we should re not re-record. We should record the conversation that we had so that it can be shared because I feel like it's always interesting just to get someone else's perspective and also share her experience. And she is, I think she's only a few years older than me, but she is a mom. So she has a different perspective even just from that. And she has been only doing the influencer part of this for a year, I think, or two years, maybe. Um, and so, so yeah, so we just wanted to talk about influencers from the side specifically of just the best practices, the pros and cons, and kind of how the industry is right now from our perspective. We talk about comment pods and engagement in the algorithm, how we feel about that, why comment pods are not... They shouldn't be as accepted as they currently are just because of the inauthenticity of them. 
Um, we go into that. We also talk about how people who want to get into the influencer marketing space should go about it since it is now a very saturated market. However, there's always room for more people, especially if you are creating unique and valuable content. I think there's always room for more people. There's a lot of people who are influencers that are putting out some shit content. So I think if you dedicate yourself and make the commitment, then there's definitely more room for more content creators and influencers. So we get into that. It's very specific. So if you have no interest in influencers whatsoever, then highly recommend going to listen to a different episode and skipping over this one. But I really found it interesting and Brittany was great to talk to. This was much more of a conversational interview as opposed to a question and answer, which is also very awesome. <laughs> How many times can you say awesome in one sentence, Rachel? It's really good. I obviously need um, a thesaurus here for adjectives for this episode, but I think it's great. So let's jump into it before I say the word awesome again. Okay, so let's just jump into it right now. And do you want to introduce yourself and give us two fun facts about you to break the ice? Sure. Um, so my name is Brittany Kolba. I am the owner and founder of a CBD and wellness brand called Hula Life. And um, while I've been developing my startup, I decided to also do some social media management. So side hustle mania. Um, some fun facts about me are I have my vet assistant diploma. I went out to Vancouver for a few years to do that. I've never actually worked in the vet office though because I ended up having a baby instead, which is a completely <laughs> different type of animal. Um, but yeah, so I have my vet assistant diploma. I still love animals and they're still really close to my heart and stuff. We work with ARCs. Um, and dog rescues in the city when we can. Um, and then I have three sisters, so I'm one of four sisters. I am the only one left in Calgary though. Uh, one's in Ontario, one is in Bogota, which is in Colombia, and one is in Sweden. So I have sisters all over the world, but they're actually coming to town next month to visit. So pretty excited about that. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very, yeah. Yeah. very far from each other. <laughs> very far. It doesn't happen very often that we're all in the same place at the same time. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and we met at Country Liberty Meetup, but we knew each other from Instagram. We kind of had done the same campaigns over the past like year or so. Mm -hmm. And so today yeah. we're, we're going to talk about like the influencer stuff because I feel like that's kind of where we connected when we met. Yeah, totally. And I love that, like, we just jived on it. And I was like, ah, oh, you think the same way as me, which is really refreshing. And I didn't really know if this was like, just me thinking some of this stuff, or if other people out there and I had kind of asked around and it was kind of um, some of the friends that I have on Instagram were feeling a little bit of the same way as me. So it was kind of nice to chat with you. And um, you're super down to earth. And we just yeah, just totally hit it off. So I'm like, let's talk about this stuff. Yeah, totally. When, especially when you have opinions, you don't want to like offend people. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to like gauge totally. what other people are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Exactly. You're like, so, um, do you think this, but you have to say it in a way where you're like not judging. Cause you're like, if they do think that way, then you're like, Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, moving on. 
Yeah. So do you want to, just for people out of context now, we are going to just talk about influencer, influencer marketing, and kind of the like do's and don'ts of the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for um, sure. And I know he has covered that a lot recently and I love it. Yeah, I think we've come, like there's, we're at a point now where everyone knows what an influencer is and everyone knows that mm-hmm. that's like the marketing that small businesses need to do, especially small businesses, mm-hmm. but brands in general. But I think it's a little bit confusing on both sides. I'll also speak mm-hmm. to the influencer side that no one really knows exactly what the rules are. And so yeah. I think the more conversation we have about it and just out of experience and like what's working and what's not working is how we're going to write the unwritten rules. Yeah, exactly. Um, so some of the things that like one of the things you pointed out actually a few weeks ago was um, a brand contacting you without expectations. So that is just absolutely the way to do it. I am also in sales. So I've kind of walked this fine line of I'm a small business owner, but then also an influencer for other companies. So I think sometimes people are like, what is she up to? Like (laughs) all over the place. Um, But if I was to ever approach somebody, I would definitely um, walk the line of, hey, do you want to try this out with no expectations? Because anytime a company has done that for me um, and they've sent me free stuff, I am covering it anyway. Like, I'm going to do it anyways. But as soon as they have those expectations, it's almost, um, I mean, some companies have to do it. But at the same time, it's really nice. We are happy to share. We're on Instagram all day long anyways, it feels like. Um, So if something arrives in the mail, whether there was like a deal made or not, if I love the product, I'm sharing it. So that's a big thing. Um, And if people kind of like want to get into the space, my biggest suggestion is to start interacting with the companies that you really want to. And I mean, it might not happen for you and that's okay. And you have to kind of accept that one company I'm kind of like after right now is like Sorel. Like I love their boots. We own a ton of them in our household. um, And I'm totally obsessed with them. And so I comment on a lot of their stuff. I share a lot of their stuff. I tag them in everything. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay. But I'm still sharing their stuff because, I need my people to know that their stuff is amazing. Um, and so I think that's a really big thing is to be genuine in this, um, in this position where people think like they should listen to your opinion. And to be fair, Rachel Hollis once said, like, if you have one follower, you have influence. If somebody is willing to listen to you, you have influence. So you know, sometimes, and I know you'll probably get this too, is people are like, oh, but I don't have as many followers as you. Well, I don't have as many followers as you, Rachel. (laughs) So it's like, you know, but like that people shouldn't downplay that. You can have a thousand followers and have an amazing impact on people's lives if you're saying the right things, doing the right things and connecting with people. Um, so just keep that in mind. I think a lot of people think you need to be at a certain level to be considered an influencer, but really I think if you have something to say and people are willing to listen to you, then that's influencing. Totally. When I think like, just based off what you said, like the OG influencer marketing is just word of mouth and it has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the platform or anything. It's just telling people things that you like and you suggest for them to go use it. Like that's the, like very basis of what influencer marketing is 
Totally. Yeah. And I think people like, I don't think anybody meant to do this. Like when they set out to make this influencer thing, I don't think anybody intended for what it has turned into. But for me, I have been on Instagram for over eight years, which feels like forever. Um, and I never intended to get into this position either. I just overshare. I share everything. Um, and I have for pretty much my entire life. If I love something, I am telling everyone about it because, you know, as a small business owner, um, our family runs on small business. And I know I appreciate it when people recommend us to people. And so I just turn around and do the same for other companies. And I'm talking like whether it's a big company or a small company, it doesn't matter. If I love something, everyone's hearing about it. And so it's funny because I think a lot of companies that approach me assumed I was maybe getting gifted or paid or whatever. And I was not like, these were products that I was buying myself and just felt like sharing because I needed to tell everyone about them. Totally. When I feel like that's where a lot of people run into a wall if they like if they're right now because now you can like become an influencer and it's a thing I feel like people run into an obstacle because they don't want to share their life and I think it's a habit and if you like I'm the same where I'm just posting about everything anyways but if you are to become an influencer and you don't already post on social media that would be a very hard transition to start Mm -hmm. sharing everything you do because you can't just share products because you like yeah. you want to become authentic and really just showcase who you are so that means showcasing your entire life and that it just includes yeah. like services and products that you use in your everyday life yeah um and yeah, totally. you kind of mentioned like how you got into the whole like influencer thing do you want to just kind of take us through like the first you don't have to name names, obviously, but just like yeah. the first uh, collaboration and like what you thought about it and how that went and then how you've taken that and made it into what it is today. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. I was gifted a lot at first. So not paid, not paid collaborations. I want to say my first paid collaboration. Um, I will name names. So you did it too. The Big Valley Jamboree one. I think that was my first paid one, to be honest. So that was really recently. Like that was in August. I don't think I got paid before that. Um, But it was such an amazing experience. And that's another thing for people to know that if you get into the influencer space and you're lucky enough to pair up with some amazing brands, kill it. Like even if it's not for that much money, even if you're like, oh, this is so much work for so little pay, the way you scale up and the way you get those bigger campaigns is to do an amazing job on those little campaigns. Um, And so that campaign was so fun. We did get paid, but we also got like this ridiculously amazing experience that like blew my mind. So um, yeah, so I, I believe that was my first one, but I can't even recall which one. And you know what? The funny thing is, I don't think I even knew what was happening. When people would like ask my address to send me stuff, I don't even think I put like two and two together that like I was getting stuff to share. So, but I just shared stuff anyways. So I think people just knew that, but I never would have considered a year ago from now, even getting free stuff in the mail. There's no way I would have been like, Oh, I'm an influencer. Um, I'm just a sharer. So 
Yeah. <laughs> and how do you decide like which brands to work with? Cause now that you've like, now that you've been paid and you've got into it, mm -hmm. more brands will now obviously take notice and like PR companies and stuff. So how do you decide mm -hmm. which ones to go with? Because there's, yeah. tons, especially for gifting things, there's a ton of outreach. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So it has to fit my lifestyle. It has to fit my family. Um, if it doesn't fit in my feed, like I don't want to do any campaigns that would just be stories because I don't think that that is like the true marketing. You know, if I'm doing someone a favor, I'll do stories. But at the same time, like if I'm doing a campaign, I want to be able to put it on my feed proudly. So if it's like health, wellness, family, food, beauty, I am not like a fashionista. So somebody coming to me and I know you get it too. The people that are like, hey, girl, DM us. We want you to like collab with us. We think you're beautiful and perfect. And then you like go to their feed and you're like, are you serious? This is like string bikinis. What is happening? <laughs> and so no, no string bikini like modeling is happening. Um, but for example, like we have a partnership with the Hitman and it's such a good fit for our family because that's something that at this point, being a startup owner, I cannot afford my family to like go out. We're a big family to go out on, you know, a Sunday to family fun day and, you know, eat and drink and go to a hockey game. Um, so something like that, because a lot of times these campaigns take away from my family. Um, they take, you know, the attention away from my children or my, the attention away from my husband. And so I like to have a nice balance of campaigns that also give back to my family to show them that, you know, look at there's like fun stuff too there's a fun side to this as well so they're way more understanding of the time that i have to take away to you know edit photos or do captions or meet with a client um so they have to fit my family and that's kind of yeah that's kind of it they have to fit my family and my feet and my lifestyle they have to feel um you know that they're de definitely like britney style so yeah yeah no i think that's a good I mean, obviously it should be who you are, but I think um, yeah. it sounds so obvious, but I don't think it really is. Cause I even like, I remember like a few years ago when I was getting all of this and you're, and it's free stuff. And like lots of people, like I have lots uh -huh. of friends and everyone is like, Oh, that's so cool. Like I would take literally anything that was free. And yeah. At, but then you have, like you said, then you have to post. And if it doesn't look genuine, then you don't even really want to post it. And then now with the algorithm yeah. and stuff, you get less engagement. And so it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and it also like dilutes the industry. I think that if everyone just says yes yeah. to everything, then everyone's posting about everything. And then the companies also feel like they don't need to pay since there's so many people yeah. just posting about it. Yeah, I totally agree. There's like one company that I've seen in the last 24 hours, like five times. I'm like, what is happening? I don't even know what's going on, but you're right. I mean, if you don't normally eat meat and then like, Alberta beef contacts you and is like, Hey, would you like to rep our steaks? Like you wouldn't do that because it's not genuine. And with sales, sales is always supposed to be about building relationships and being genuine and people don't want to be sold to. So I think that's a big factor too, is that a lot of my posts, people have no idea whether or not it's a paid partnership or sponsored or ad and I know you're supposed to like put all those things in every time but I've definitely forgotten sometimes <laughs> and so I mean 
I think people should be able to scroll your feed and be like, well, that, we don't know. We don't know if that's a paid partnership or not without reading the actual hashtags, like going through and being like, I have, I can't tell the difference of what she just loves and what she's being hired to represent. It should all be the same. Right. Because I think it becomes, it can look and start to feel like an ad and then your whole thing becomes like an ad page, which totally. no yeah. one's going to want to follow. Your engagement goes down. I mean, engagement goes mm -hmm. down, anyway, but like it'll go, it's worse if yeah only posting sponsored stuff yeah exactly exactly and with the algorithm you know they're bringing people stuff into their feed that they have a past with engaging with so again the whole like steak idea like if you all your followers are vegans i mean your engagement is going to be nothing all of a sudden because you've never engaged with people like about this product that they don't care about so yeah I mean you have to look at your following you have to look at like I know my following is like it's like 80% women I believe um and like 90% Calgarian so you know pumping stuff up that's in the U.S. isn't super great for me because or my followers because I'll show them something and they'll be like great where can I buy it and then I'm like oh sorry <laughs> you can't um, so you need to know your, your crowd as well. Totally. And, um, just talking about the algorithm and engagement and all this, cause I feel like that's what everyone wants to talk about and <laughs> complain about. Um, yeah. for new influencers coming into the space, I feel like yeah. one of the tactics that they're taught even now is to join like engagement pods and comment pods. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm sh I think, I feel like they started back when the algorithm like first came out. So a few years ago, we yeah. really knew what yeah. we were doing with this algorithm, but I feel like mm -hmm. personally, and I, I know that we share this opinion um, <laughs> and we can talk about it, but that now that we know how the algorithm works, now that we know how influencer marketing works, that engagement pods and common pods aren't really the, the honest and authentic way to do it. Um, yeah. Do you want to just share some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I feel pretty strongly about it. <laughs> um, so I think the problem with the comment pause is there's two things that bother me about it. Um, one is that new people coming into the space. I know you train people on social media and so do I. And so when somebody's new and they feel really threatened with all these accounts that have oh, like, look at this person, they posted almost the exact same thing, and they have 900 comments on it. Um, so I'll never get to that level. And I want to be like, well, you know what, that's not, those aren't genuine, read through them, they're not genuine. So on one hand, it's hurting the influencer community and the Instagram community, because it's not real. And so, and a lot of times people, if they don't know that, if they don't know what to look for, they're assuming those followers, that engagement, those comments are all real until you read through them and you're like, okay, so why are, you can tell. They're like, hey girl, that's awesome. Oh, sweet. Like they're, they have nothing to do with the post and they're just very generic comments. Um, so it, it hurts, you know, new people coming in because they almost feel like they're up against the wall, like they'll never get anywhere. But it also hurts on the same side these PR companies that are hiring influencers, 
need to be looking for this too. They can't just be looking at numbers. They can't be looking at likes, comment numbers, and followers. They need to dig a little deeper, look at, you know, like the last five posts, look through the comments. And if the comments seem like they're not genuine, they're not genuine. They're a comment pod. And for people that don't know what comment pods are, basically you have a deal with a loop of, or a group of people, there's loops and groups and whatever, um, but groups of people that as soon as you post something, you all agree to comment on each other's posts. And again, they might not even read your blurb, they might not even read your content, and you can tell with the comments. So anyways, it's, I don't know, I just think it hurts because there are people that are putting out amazing content, and I talk to you about this because I'm like, you're putting out amazing content. You have a great following. So why does this person with a third of the followers, the content is garbage, um, but <laughs> somehow they're getting 200 comments on this post. It's crazy and it's just not real. And I always loved Instagram because it felt like such a community, but now it feels like there's the people doing it genuinely and then the people that are trying to fake it. And that kind of sucks because Instagram has always been like a really happy place for me. Um, I've never compared myself to other people. And now it's really hard not to compare yourself to people when you see these people that are getting these great campaigns, but you're kind of wondering what the PR companies are thinking hiring them. Yeah, exactly. From like the inside, you can, you can tell who's not being genuine authentic and it becomes frustrating when the brands on the other side are assuming that all of the, like you said, the comments and likes and all of that are <laughs> real, which is really hard when you obviously not, we don't want to be a part of the comment pods. And yeah. What other, like I actually, I had a client that wanted to do influencer marketing and she, it gave me a little bit of hope because she was like, when you go to find influencers, check their comments. And if it's the same 10 people that are commenting on all their posts and mm -hmm. their other bloggers, then I don't want those influencers because no one's going to buy yeah. their product because those people, like you said, they're not even reading the caption first of all. So they have no idea yeah. what they're even looking at. But from a business perspective, yeah. then you're going to have no ROI. You, you have the numbers like, yeah, you've got 30 comments, but no one is going to use your code or click through or actually totally. what you're talking about. Totally. And so that's kind of the downside to these companies not looking at them because they're thinking, oh, great, this influencer has 50,000 followers. We're going to get a huge return on this. And then they don't get one sale. It's because it's all the same people. They're not their actual customers. And that post goes nowhere outside of that circle of people. And so, yeah, I think it's really important for customers or sorry, for companies um, that are looking to do influencer campaigns to really dig a little deeper and it doesn't take a lot of time. Like you and I both talk, like you can look at a post and in 10 seconds, you can be like that person's in the comment pod. So, I mean, it really doesn't take a ton more work on their side to um, pick apart the ones that are genuine and the ones that aren't so much. Totally, and you can even like, once you start to follow people, you can tell who's in the same engagement pods, which is funny mm -hmm. because yeah. it ends up being yeah. the same people commenting on each other's posts. Um, over and yep. over Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're all the same kind of comments anyways. And I, I will say like, and I think I even told you this years ago, like this is probably three or four years ago. I was in a comment pod for a very short amount of time. 
and it was a exhausting and b like some people were not posting great content and so you know one person would maybe post a non-edited just kind of like lifestyle photo of their dog 16 times a day and i'm supposed to comment genuine comments on 16 posts of the same dog i don't know like i just i was like i don't think this is gonna work for me so I know how they work, but now seeing them and how common they are, um, like they're no one's tricking anyone, right? Like it's just really obvious. Yeah, exactly. And like we all joined, like I was in one too when they first came out because nobody, every, yeah. we were all just like, it was kind of like a team thing where it's like, hey, like how do we, yeah. we're against Instagram, we need to do this together. And now yeah. it's become like we're against each other and Instagram yeah. doesn't care anymore. <laughs> so I know, I know. And so part of me with the algorithm, I mean, I do worry about these people that are just depending on comment pods for their material, because I feel like at any time, Instagram could pull the rug out from them and be like, you know what, we can tell you're in comment pods, and now we're going to hide your stuff. And so my big thing for people getting started with Instagram, as much as it's tempting to go down that rabbit hole and get the fake followers or fake engagement, I mean, what if the rug gets pulled out in two months and you have not been seen by anyone outside of your comment pod? I mean, all that work because you're still doing content. Like you're still creating content. You're still doing captions. You're probably still engaging. Like it's still time spent. And that's kind of the crazy thing is that comment pods I find are a lot of work. Like a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of effort. If you just took that time that you spend in your comment pod and go and engage for an hour with real people that are outside of your comment pod, you get true engagement. So I guess that's kind of the baffling thing is that um, time-wise, it's no different. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was gonna say, that instead of going into the like fake engagement pods, just do real engagement and comment, like read people's captions and just comment on the people that you follow and other people and that's- yeah that's even that's what Instagram is for like the whole social part yeah. of media is to engage with other people that like the same stuff as you so it's not hard um <laughs> put that effort in especially if you already like you said you're already wasting your time um mm -hmm. comment pods so you have the time so you might as well yeah. get out of those and um focus on actually engaging with people I totally agree um I just I hope that people kind of like see the light and stop it because you're right it is very much like i do feel like there are a group of people i don't want to say a group of people like it's a small group it's like half and half it's like 50 percent these people on comment pause and then 50 percent genuine and the comments like you know i'll do a post and get maybe like 10 comments and then somebody in a comment pod could post the exact same thing and get like 200 comments at that point it does kind of feel like competition and it does kind of like stir up probably some negative feelings because Instagram, like you just said, is like a community and it honestly is a happy place for me. I love Instagram. Um, I'm crazy about it. I always recommend people to get on Instagram um, because of those relationships. Just like you, like I knew you existed well before I met you. And I was like, I like that girl. And then I got to meet you. And it's really cool because that's happened dozens of times over where I've like created an actual relationship online or known about a person. And because of that, I've approached them and created a real life friend. You're not going to do that in, 
like in these comment pods. I don't know, maybe you will. Maybe there's like a comment pod convention or something they can all go to, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but being yeah, a jerk now. You're right, like you just have to <laughs> like use social media for like the benefit of your well-being and not worry about it. But it is hard, like you said, it's hard to, cause you will compare and like I can still see likes on my, my feed. So I can see who's mm -hmm. getting the likes and how many likes I'm getting. And especially if you have a sponsored post that a brand is relying on you, it can be really, yeah. really tempting to have those comments come from other places. And I've even, there's, there's posts that I've done that I have a couple Facebook pod thingamabobs that I'm a part of. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go in yeah. so that the likes get boosted because brands are yeah. expecting you to have a certain amount of likes, which makes totally. it, which makes it hard. And like, I, I mean, it, then that's a little hypocritical of me to say this, but um, but I think comment pods specifically are not helping anybody yeah. because you can see it no. from a sponsored brand perspective. The, if the brand wants a number of likes and they're going to pay you mm -hmm. on that, then sometimes I have to lose a post that, like you said, that I've picked one that's not along the lines of my brand and no one likes it. So you have yeah. to make up for it that way. But I'm, but I totally. I'm not part of a comment pod to add like fake comments to it. Like all the comments are real. So that at least, you know, who in your audience, yes. like truly commenting, engaging on the post. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally not above. And like, I'm not part of any comment pods, but there's definitely people that, you know, I've turned notifications on for when they post and we have no deal. Like there's no, there's no like unwritten like rules about it or whatever, but people that I particularly love, I love their work and I put like post notifications on. And that's a big, um, like a big tip to like engage with people because I feel like people do get lost in the shuffle a little bit. So I have post notifications on, on like 25 people so that, you know, we can rise each other together with genuine love and genuine comments. Um, and none of these like, hey girl, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. Looks so yummy. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, because you they just people. like, won't get, yeah. And I'm not above like asking my husband and my teenager to like, <laughs> get in on Instagram, go comment on that post that I just posted. So I guess I run my own little pod inside my home. <laughs> exactly. But then like then it's really just the community part of it. Like now you just have friends totally. and you're supporting your friends, which I feel like is where, totally. where like what we're talking about, the balance between actually engaging with people that you like and then being a part yeah. of a group where you don't actually like their content. Totally. Yeah. Like all the people that I have post notifications on for, I would hang out alone, like drinking wine with any given night. Like I would enjoy their company um, genuinely outside of, Instagram anyways or I like their work like I actually like I follow so many small businesses in Calgary um, a lot of makers and creators and stuff and so I really like to give them a lot of love because again this space is getting harder and harder to kind of get attention in when there's you know comment pod type things pushing the genuine comments out totally yeah no I fully agree with that um you don't have to name local influencers if you don't want, but um, who are some of the people that you would say that you do like their content? You think they're doing a good job just of that stand out like in the influencer space, just so if somebody is wanting yeah. to get into it, they can have like kind of an example. Yeah. So again, like I 
when I train social media, I actually name names to people. Like I'm like, do you follow this person? Do you follow that person? Because they're doing it right and they're doing it genuinely. So you are one, and I'm not just saying that to suck it up. Um, <laughs> Michelle McGrath is amazing, and she's got such a following and has really grown in like the last year. Uh, she puts great content out. One thing that I would really suggest to people, like give people freebies before you expect them to pay for stuff. And she did that in a really smart way in that she'd share recipes for free for a long time and they like went viral. And then she decided to make a cookbook that people paid for. And it's like such smart marketing there. Um, Jess Jansen, everybody knows her in the city. Her stuff's super genuine. Um, Kiki Davis um, from Pursuing Pretty, she is like OG Instagram influencer, like big time. I've known her for years and years and she does such a great job. Her photos are amazing and she has collaborated with some really, really crazy big brands. And then just a random that I tell people to follow because I think they do social media really well is Fiasco Gelato. I know that's like super random, but people love them. Like they are a gelato brand and people like will spend who cares how much on their ice cream or gelato. Sorry, that might be <laughs> insulting. <laughs> but um, people love their social media because what they do is they get people to take like hashtag their products and then, you know, they do. I don't know if it's a Friday or whatever, they kind of like recap all their fan photos and people think they're famous. Like people are like, oh my God, Fiasco Gelato reposted my photo and they just like, they built this big buzz in Calgary and I just think they do it really well. They also give back to the community a lot and they're just, they kind of seem like they're everywhere as well. So no, they're not an influencer and I know that's the question you asked, but I think they are a company that does social media really well. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I was just on the tip of my tongue. Oh, about what you just mentioned that Fiasco Gelato like reposts people's stories yeah. and stuff. And so yeah. just to go back to like people who want to become influencers or just want to like up their content. When you post, yeah. like if you want to work with a brand or you really like a brand, um, they're most brands because like, like you run social media, I run social media, like you're always looking for content to post. And having yeah. user-generated content is amazing. And yeah. so if you are sharing and you're putting in the work, like you're not being paid, like go buy Fiasco Gelato or whatever. Like go buy yeah. it if you yeah. actually like it, but then take yeah. a photo of it and put in your content, put in your feed. Like I've done full yeah. photo shoots with things that I've actually bought because yeah. I wanted to showcase them and then also show them what you're capable of creating content. Like I have tons of sponsorships now that I was paying for before and I was just sharing them. Like you said, you just share everything that you thought was great. So um, totally. I think that's a huge tip for people that are looking to like get into the space without having to cold mm -hmm. call businesses. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, warm them up a little bit too, if you are planning on reaching out um, like well.ca, like they're another company that I'm like, well, I order from them all the time anyways. Can I work with them? And you know what, like I've tagged them in a whole bunch of stuff first. So it's not like I reach out to them. I'm like, Hey, are you looking for anyone? And then I like follow them. I'm like, oops, I wasn't even following them. Like, um, you know, build a genuine relationship and then kind of, it needs to feel and be organic a lot of the time if it's going to work. Um, otherwise it just feels like a big job. And 
you and I both know we've done campaigns where it's like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. This is not like my jam. But you just, you don't know until you get into it. And that's okay too. You got to kind of like test the waters and you just know for next time you're like, okay, so that type of campaign doesn't really work for my feed or my family or myself or what I'm going for. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like, um, creating the content, like, like you said, sometimes the campaigns just like don't work well with what you're doing. But I think that a way to figure that out if you don't have like a long list of campaigns to go off of that is to create your own content and then which is working better, which you enjoy making. Yeah, totally. And that's like exactly what I did before anyone reached out to me. If you scroll like two years back through my feed, I mean, my editing skills have gotten a lot better. So don't judge. (laughs) But I mean, I shared stuff all the time and none of that was gifted or sponsored or anything. Um, But people always appreciated it. And a big thing for me is just, I always want to like lift up, especially startup and small companies um, without an expectation of return. So, um, I mean, eventually those startups will maybe be huge and they're going to remember that, you know, you maybe help them get off their feet. So Exactly. Just be nice to everybody. Yeah. That's the really yep. takeaway from this whole totally. podcast. <laughs> totally. I agree. If you just live your life wanting to do stuff for people without a return, good things are going to return to you anyways. Exactly. And it's just Instagram. So I feel like it's just Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to do it because you enjoy it and not for any other reason. Agreed. I agree. Cool. Did you have anything else you wanted to add onto the topic? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered a whole lot. Um, yeah, I just think like if people want to get into this space, don't be afraid to just start tagging and liking and just engaging with people that you want to work with. That's my biggest tip for people. Cause they're just like, I can't grow. I'm like, well, how much time do you spend engaging versus scrolling or versus doing your content because it should be like a 10 to, you know, I always say 10% of an hour should be your content and the other 90% should be an actual engagement because that's the only way to grow. If you just are scrolling, like you are never going to grow. And so that's a big tip too, to just get out there, spend some time building real relationships. It takes time and it takes effort. So I think that's the big thing. People just think this happens overnight and it just takes some effort. Totally. Just like literally anything in life. I think (laughs) pretty much, (laughs) pretty much exactly. Put in the work. Exactly. Um, and where can people find and follow you? What's your handle? Um, it's Miss Brittany, A-N-Y. I know there's 20 times or 20, my name. And then the last name is Colba. Awesome. And I will also link it below, but just so everyone should follow her. She has great content. Um, thanks thanks so much for jumping on here with me. I hope people aren't confused about anything that we said. And if you are, (laughs) reach out to either of us and we will clarify. For sure. For sure. Okay. Thanks so much.